Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. We have a lovely night for you planned, unless you're listening to the afternoon, in which case, pause it and come back to us after the sun has set. That's right. We're in our sensual era. Now, what does that mean? It means nothing. It means I'm going to try and it's not going to work. What does sensual? Here's the thing. Here's why I don't like the word sensual, right? I feel like there's too many other words that mean the same thing. Correct. Like intimate. Yeah. Sensual feels. End of I'm list. Gonna, I'm going to freaking Google it real quick. Because sensual and sexual, same thing, right? Um, I think sensual doesn't imply sex. Like, it's like more coy. Yeah, it implies like a, like a level of like romance to it, I think. What the heck? Yeah, what's up? I'm going to have to do it. First of all, there's six meanings, which is too many. Hey, too many. Too many. Hey, English, invent new words. Here we go. Pertaining to, inclined to, or preoccupied with the gratification of the senses or appetites. Carnal okay. or fleshy. Oh, don't. you know what? <laughs> I just, I, I just I, a new I word was I don't on like. board. I was on that. I was on board with that definition until right at the very end. Okay, the second one is weird. Lacking in moral restraints, lewd, or unchaste. I think that one's just wrong. I don't think that's right at all. I don't know a single person that's used it. Yeah. Next one, arousing or exciting the senses of appetites. Okay, stop referring to it as an appetite. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those like things that. that, like, I wouldn't say. You know, that steak smells sensual. No. Yeah. But like, I definitely understand where it's coming from. Like if you were to have an ASMR experience, like I think the S is uh, that sensory. Yeah. But like, you know, sensory and sensual, you know, have the same root word. So I understand where that's coming from. Um, The next one, also wrong. Um, Worldly, materialistic. Not true. That's wild. Here's what's happening is you have a bunch of people that are trying to hide or censor, you know, various themes, right? And it's the people that don't want their kids to see sensual material or worldly material. So they kind of just lump them all under the same definition. So it's easier to control F, delete. Yeah. The next one I think might be the most accurate, which is wild because it's the fifth definition. Of or relating to the senses or physical sensation. Never mind. Yes. I read that and I'm like, well, I think I like one more. And it's uh, synonym is sensory, which is wild. And the last one is pertaining to the philo- philosophical doctrine of sensationalism. Hey, you just wanted to sound smart. So. Do you feel good now? I'm going to go hop over to my thesaurus and exciting, sensuous, which is, you shouldn't be able to put sensual and sensuous as synonyms. That's wild. Sexual, sexy, tactile, and voluptuous. <laughs> so I'm starting to think I don't know what voluptuous means. <laughs> okay, well, we can save that for next week's vocab. Yeah, intro, next week okay? on dictionary.com vocab. Voluptuous. Um, hey, so audience, uh, did it work? Did my sensual intro uh accomplish the job here's what i've learned intelligence yeah. itself can be sensual and there's nothing more intelligent than reading from a dictionary <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about our movie yes minority report 2002 tom cruise colin farrell a slew of other cast members i don't know off the top of my head it's very uh, here's the thing it's long and I'm starting to realize that with Spielberg movies, they're just long, all of them. Do you want me to do my thing real quick? Yeah, you do your thing. You do this. Okay. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 30 minutes. Yes, this movie is long. Um, two and a half, which is, this is probably the first movie I've seen in a long time that justifies its entire runtime. This movie is incredibly dense with like world building and details that normally when I watch a movie and I'm like, this movie's too long, I have a pretty good idea about what I would cut from it. I don't feel like this movie is too long. And even if it was, I wouldn't know what I would cut right off the top of my head. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know either. It feels long when you've got other stuff to do if that makes sense <laughs> yes like yes this is not one of the things you start when you're tired because you'll be like man i'm tired how much more and you'll be like an hour and a half 
<laughs> yeah. You need to like carve out two and a half hours, maybe longer if you take intermissions, and then just relax. Because when you're like, in it, it, you need all of it. Um, But like you can feel it. Like this movie is about seeing the future. And we get to the part where we are in the future that was seen. And there's still 45 minutes left. Yeah, the the part that you think is the end, plot twist, is the beginning alert, of the third is act. The beginning of the third act. And I'm I'm a I'm a I'm the guy who checks the time 10 times. Yeah, me too. Freaking 10 times throughout the movie. So I knew that in the way that I'm like what else is there? There must be more. So once the third act gets revealed, I'm like, "All right, this is the end of the movie." Uh, so I want to do a quick breakdown. This movie takes place in 2054 in the future, obviously. Um, and there is a new experimental type of policing called the Department of Pre-Crime. They have these three uh, superhumans is an easy way to put it. Yeah. Where borderline when e- gods. <laughs> yeah. Where basically whenever an intense human action happens, they get a vision. And when all three of them concur on the same vision, uh, they can use that to predict crimes and uh, murders. the whole point. Yes. More, mostly murders. Right. Um, and the plot of this movie is a murder gets predicted where Tom Cruise, our protagonist, is the murderer. And he is also the lead detective of the pre-crime division. So he's the one that leads all the assaults to stop the crimes before they happen. And now he's the one that's about to be accused of a crime. So he is on the run to try to find how the vision was wrong if the vision was wrong, and what to do about it. And that's like the basic gist of the movie, is he's trying to learn the details of the pre-crime system so that way he can find out if he's actually going to commit this murder or not. Right. And an added detail is he doesn't even know the guy he's killing. Because they can predict who's... It's all murder. They can predict whether it's it's premeditated, a crime of passion, um, who's getting killed and who the killer is. And he doesn't know who he's going to be killing. He doesn't recognize the name at all. And so for all intents and purposes, the pre-crime division believes that the precogs, which is what they're called, precognitives, um, are never wrong. They've always been right. Whenever a and crime been doing is this, supposed what, for like to happen. Six years, eight years. Yeah. And so whenever a crime is predicted, it always happens. And so during this adventure, Tom Cruise talks to the creator of the pre-crime division, and she's like, Well, sometimes, sometimes they don't agree. Sometimes they don't always think it's gonna happen. And then that's called a minority report is when they don't all agree and the crime is not necessarily set in stone. So the most of the second act of this movie is Tom Cruise trying to find this minority report. And the lengths that he has to go to to get it is buck wild. This dude has to get new eyes. Yes, from a guy he investigated. Which is terrifying. Here's the thing. This movie does so good world building. That when he gets new eyes, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. Gotta do what you gotta do. I think this movie, this is not my first time watching it. This is my second time. I saw it like four years ago, maybe. Um, It is just as good the second time around. Because like, even the parts I remember, it was nice to see them again. Like, that scene where he gets the eye surgery is super good. The conversation that he has with the inventor of pre-crime, like, that's a really cool conversation. Um... And I would say the biggest appeal of this movie is the world building because it's a sci-fi movie. It's, it's a, a futuristic it's a sci-fi mystery movie. and sci-fi movie. It's just like when you break down the plot, if you take out like the world, it's kind of easy to anticipate. Like sure. I saw a lot of this stuff coming. It follows the rules of storytelling. It does it very well. But like Steven Spielberg is known for set pieces and interesting story. Um, and this has both of those. But I'm like some of the stuff like... Apparently, The Fugitive, which came out in like 1993, has like 10 things in common with this movie. And they're all <laughs> major plot points. Well, for what it's worth, this is also adapted from a Philip K. Dick novel of the same name. Right. I think it was like a short story or something. Okay, sure. Um, 
it's when you look at the plot on paper, it's pretty easy to anticipate. However, the world building is impressive. The, there's also an astonishingly amount of uh, astonishing amount of characters, and you can remember everybody. Yeah. Um. Just to kind of go down the list, uh, you know, Tom Cruise. We've talked about. Colin Farrell, we've talked about. There's also Neil McDonough is in this. Uh, Peter Stormare is in this. Uh, Jim Jim Rash is in a little bit of this. I know. It's just like I see a lot of character actors in this movie, and the character actors, I think, do just as good a job as everyone else. Um, they're in it significantly less, but I really enjoy most of the characters. There are some that are like a little too kooky for me, like the um, precog technician was a little weird, but like that's kind of the oh, point. Oh, wasn't it Wally? Yeah, yeah. He spends his life. He spends all of his time with people who don't know he's there, and he obsesses over. Yeah, him. and I think th- I also really enjoy how Tom Cruise's character gets fleshed out. I will say maybe the worst character name I've ever seen in a movie. His name is John Anderton. It's annoying to the point where i'm kind of i'm kind of sure some of the characters said anderson because it makes more sense because i heard yeah. a couple it's anderton like you said there's a couple times i'm like there's an s in there someone said it with an s you, but of course i watch the subtitles on you watch the subtitles on we know what it's supposed to sound like but it doesn't make any sense because his name gets written down a few times yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like when the precogs make their vision, a ball gets spit out and like people's names are on the ball. So when you see it and it says Anderton, that's the first time you see it unless you have subtitles on. And it's like 40 minutes into the movie. And you're like, wait, has it been Anderton the whole time? Yeah, it's, dude, I don't know. It's wild. Um, Dude. I love Colin Farrell. Yeah, he's great. In this, it didn't need to be him. I know there was a couple other people who were in the running. Um, I just love him. I just love him. Yeah. And what I like about him, he is one of the few characters in I've seen in movies just like in general that is able to go from, you know, the stick up their ass by the books you have to follow my orders and make that character development into spoiler. I'm upset that you died during the course of this movie. Yes. Like there is a point. It's very short before he dies where he's just doing the right thing. He's like, this yeah. something doesn't seem right. I'm going to further investigate. I don't have a vendetta against this guy. I'm just trying to do my job. And that's, I respect and that. So that's why I like Colin Farrell a lot. Cause I don't know if other actors would have been able to pull off that good of a pivot that quickly yeah dude he's just freaking cool he was just cool also i totally bought in that this thing was real yeah totally i'm like and the crazy i know that happens when like you're when you as an audience member are like well if this is real this would happen and then they address it they just 100 address it yeah but like oh yeah well if this is real how come they can't see uh any of the crimes like well murder is just the one with the most emphasis in their dreams so they see murder. Oh, yeah. Well, if this is real, um, how come no one else, you know, just changes the murder? How come is there is everyone like predetermined? And they go, well, actually, um, pretty much the only people who can change it are the people who know what it's supposed to be like. Everyone else doesn't know. So they're just kind of a victim to their destiny. And they kind of explain that with the ball rolling. Be like, how do you know? That's freaking cool. I'll be like, well, um, you see a vision. How do you know where they're at? Well, that's kind of like the whole point of this division, right? It's just, all right, so they, the precogs will release, you know, who, but you don't get a when. No, oh, you do get a when. You do get a when, yeah. You do get a when. You do get, you get who and murder. And then they just, you just get to see what they see. So you have to figure out where it is. Um, They don't say, but it's assumed that it's in the immediate area so this takes place in washington dc it's only the dc area so they're not getting it for yeah everyone. um it's they don't say it but it's the only thing that makes sense um and they just like they constantly all the questions you're asking well what would happen if this happened what would happen if this happened they just they just explain it they explain everything and they do a really good job of doing this in the world building as well because like there are just little details of like 
all the ads are personalized, right? Where you walk by a billboard and it specifically says, hey, Anderton, or hey, John, like this, that, and the other. And I think my favorite moment of that was when he was like, you know, had a long day or whatever, and he's like reviewing some footage and he pours himself a bowl of cereal and the cereal is still singing like the commercial jingle because the box itself is like a lively advertisement and then he just chucks it against the wall like you know what i would probably feel the same way if my box was yelling at me like that um but the reason why i think that's a cool world building detail is because it calls you out by name when he does the eye surgery and the reason he does the eye surgery is because that's how they can track the cameras track you and so he gets eyes that used to belong to a different man and so when he gets the new eyes, the advertisements start giving the previous guys ads. And I thought that was a pretty cool little detail. I mean, seeing Tom Cruise with brown eyes is off-putting. <laughs> oh, another cool thing is those freaking spiders. They yeah, release around uh-huh. scanning and, people's eyes. And what's wild about it is how nonchalant everyone is about it. Like, they come in while people are having sex, and they're like, now, really? And they kind of just, you know, take it as part of their night. There's a couple that's arguing. They stop, let the spider scan their eyes, and then go right back to arguing. Like, it, it does a really good job of showing, like, integration without, like, beating you over the head with it. Um, This movie also has, I think, some pretty famous scenes, just, like, in general, um, the scene with Tom Cruise eating the rotten sandwich, uh, uh d- disgusting, that was brutal and the green milk because he's <laughs> blind and he's just reaching in the fridge and they left it in from the last guy. Um, also just like, I got so nervous when they were operating or getting ready to operate on his eyes. <laughs> Cause the doctor, this is Peter Stormare is reminding him until the second he starts the surgery that he was, you know, investigated by Tom Cruise and like his life was changed because of Tom Cruise and, you know, things are significantly worse because of Tom Cruise. And then he's like, all right, time to get your eyes. Yeah, dude. And he's like, oh, and by the way, we're going to completely remove. It's just like the fact that he has to completely remove them and put in new ones. Oh, geez, bro. Um, We com- we haven't even talked about John's boss. Yeah. So, um, and this is the old guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I was talking about like the inventor of pre-crime, um, it was a pair, a man and a woman. And so the woman left the pre-crime division, but the man stayed on. He's the director of pre-crime now and he and he's kind of he gives off father figure vibes like way more than i kind of thought he would to the point where like when he gets introduced you're like oh is this his dad or something and then you're like no he's just the director of pre-crime yeah i mean they've been working together for you know almost a decade now and they're the both the heads of their field like he directly reports this guy so there's obviously like a mentor relationship and there's a lot of trust going both ways. Um, I'm always suspicious of these characters, bro. Any character who's like portrayed as 100% good, I do not believe. Yeah, because he's kind of like, I don't want to say the moral compass, but he's the one that's always like, pre-crime works. Trust yourself. You're a good cop. Don't worry about it. And hey, guess what? Believe it or not, that comes around. <laughs> yeah, turns out he's a bad guy. Um, dude, that it wasn't, it was a plot twist, right? I feel like we all saw it coming. Did you feel it coming when that scene was taking place when, um, Colin Farrow was kind of breaking down? Here's everything I found out. Um, I mean, that's a difficult question to answer. I I think the way that you want me to answer it, because I think that if you see a plot twist coming, the scene that it happens, you were still affected by the plot twist the way the director probably wanted you to. Right, 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 right. Um, so... There was definitely a moment where, like... Because I don't think uh, before anyone saw how it happened coming. Correct. And, and so, I th- when Colin Farrell yeah. is breaking it down, there's a scene before that where we kind of get, like, um, 
the intuition that it was an inside job and you kind of have to run through the characters of like Colin Farrell's too obvious Neil McDonough plays too small a role and then they cut to the director and you're like oh I guess that leaves you huh yeah (laughs) yep happened to me so like when Tom Cruise finds out he's been framed or set up I'm like well who set him up I immediately go to the boss but then again that's only two scenes before everybody else finds out so yes. if you can hide it that far it's pretty good you get f- weird vibes like it's something that's fishy pretty early but like you can't trace it to him and then that whole breakdown scene of how it happened regardless of the fact we knew what was bad things were going to happen to Colin Farrell that's a genius way to kill somebody it's so good this might be in like my top five fra- favorite mystery breakdowns like this movie scratches almost every itch of what I like in a whodunit when it comes to breaking down the crime. It's just, it's thorough. It's intricate. It's not um, unbelievable. It's very grounded in the world that they set it in. It needs to make sense why the person hasn't been caught yet. And when he breaks it down, I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense. I'm surprised you were able to figure it out. And it's so cool because if you don't figure it out at the beginning of the scene, you figure it out literally the second before Colin Farrell gets shot. And I think this is, again, a testament to Colin Farrell's acting because the line he says is something to the effect of, well, the only person that would be able to do that is someone who has inside access. And then he looks at the director. And then in that moment, you see, oh, you had access. And then he dies. Yeah, there's... And as, soon, as soon as he looks at him, there's so a pause, good. and then you hear a gunshot go off, and he gets shot in the stomach. Wild. And it's just it, it's a, it's a really good reveal. And the reason why he was able to kill him was because Anderton had taken one of the precogs out of the chamber, so they weren't able to do any pre-crime. Dude, that is such this whole. We're gonna show you how the world works with pre-crime. We're going to go back to regular world stuff where you can just kill people willy-nilly because there's no precogs, and that feels weird, even though it's yeah. every other movie we have ever seen. That's what real life is like, is you can't see murders coming. And when he kills them, you're like, oh, no, I forgot this is back to normal. That's crazy. So the fact that like that just happened to line up was beautiful. And then here's the cool thing. I don't, I kind of like when plot twists happen and they're not at the very end of the movie. So like we can, more stuff goes on because when we know that he's the bad guy and he's interacting with other characters who don't know, it's just so much more suspenseful. And so I think that same sentiment applies to what we were talking about in terms of like reaching the point in the future that was predicted because that's when we find out it was all a setup when john confronts the person that he's supposed to kill that's when the plot becomes more complicated that's when we find this goes all the way to the top um and it has that same sentiment of this is a pretty big plot twist and we still have some movie to go and i re that's kind of the moment when you realize that this movie is bigger than like just a sci-fi movie or just like a simple crime movie when john's victim is like hey you have to kill me or my family doesn't get any money this is what they told me to tell you they brought in all this stuff i'm like oh oh this is bigger and i know it's just a really cool way to expand the movie and expand the world and it just made me so much more interested in everything that was going to happen after that yeah dude and there's also not too many plot twists here's the thing it's such a crazy world they could have kept throwing them at you but they some of them just didn't happen like his kid is gone forever i kept waiting for it to be like and your kid's alive and that just never happened yes yeah we don't know who took the kid right yeah it's an unsolved mystery and we just assume he's dead yeah and I just think that's a really cool detail. This again, it's just cool details in this movie. I think I would have to rewatch it to make a definitive statement. This might be my favorite Tom Cruise movie. It's definitely my favorite non-franchise Tom Cruise movie. It's um, for me with, for non-franchise, so not um, Mission Impossible or Top Gun. For me, it's between this and Live Die Repeat. Okay, for me, it's between this and Collateral. 
okay. But again, I would have to rewatch Collateral to make a decision on that. Um, I think this just does, this gives Tom Cruise an opportunity to do a lot of character acting with some action still intertwined in it. You know, there are good action scenes in this movie. The movie opens with an incredibly intense, like, action sequence. Not action in terms of, like, you know, shootouts or whatever, but that still kind of, like, high adrenaline, like, chasing after a criminal type intensity. And it's the kind of intensity he does very well. So that's why, like, this is a really good pick for Tom Cruise specifically. Right, 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 right. Um, I'm going to give this movie a pretty high rating. You and me both. I like this movie a lot. Okay. This movie, this movie's straight up like an eight and a half. That's what I gave it. That's exactly what I gave it. Yeah. Dude, this movie, it, like, it's one of those movies I can't really joke about it too much just because it's sick. It's so good. I like I Anything that I could joke about, I'm like, yeah, but it's cool. Yeah, here's there is a couple downsides. Yeah, this is a guy's movie. It's a good movie. Oh, f- yeah, it's a guy's movie. <laughs> there are two women in this movie, <laughs> and one of them is like the ex-wife of the main character. Yeah. Oh no, uh-huh. the creator. So there's the creator of the okay. precogs who's in one scene, and she kisses him for no reason. There's yep. his ex-wife who is just there so he can feel bad, and then there's Agatha. One of the precogs. Who is one of the precogs. So, um, there's that. What I love most about this movie is that it spawned, you know, a TV show spinoff. Um, and here's the plot synopsis. Ten years after the end of the pre-crime division in Washington, D.C., one of the three precogs, Agatha, attempts to lead a normal life while still suffering from visions of the future. Will they be able to hold it together or mentally break down and give up? Hey, guess what? That sounds boring as hell. Hey, bro. Just bring the division back and let's watch some future murder. Dude, here's the thing. Yeah. Shows based off of movies are rarely good. Did you ever watch... I mean, we're going off on a tangent here. But did you ever watch the show Limitless? I didn't. After I watched the movie, I was kind of interested in maybe watching it. And then I'm just like, why? Because let's be clear. Limitless is like such an okay movie. That movie is so okay it hurts. It's another guy so movie. It's, it's, here, it's, it's here's why everyone should be on Adderall. Pretty much. <laughs> and it's the most exciting movie about finances you'll ever watch. Um, and I was just kind of like, I could watch Limitless, but it got canceled after one season. It's, and if it's just as boring as the movie, then I don't want to commit myself to this. I liked Limitless. The show was bad. And Bradley Cooper was producing it, so he shows up in a couple scenes because, you know, he's free. It yeah. was bad, bro. It was like... It turned into a cop drama. It turned into NCIS. It turned into Criminal Minds. It turned into Law and Order. It was a procedural where a guy takes the limitless drug to solve crimes. And I'm like, this is dumb. But here's the thing. I think books go into movies well. And I think, I mean, I was about to say that TV shows that come from TV certain when HBO makes a TV show based off a movie or based off a book it's good TV shows and movies bro it's rough I think Marvel has realized that like it's tough when you need people to watch a TV show to watch movies some people just won't do it and when you create a TV show based off movie characters it's not going to be as good as the movie it could be great it's not going to be as good as the movie there's just something there that might just be a hot take. I don't know. I really don't feel the need to watch a TV show based on the movie. That's just kind of not usually how I roll. Um, but I just find it so interesting. I really am curious about how it's like, hmm, we need a new show for the primetime Fox lineup. How's that 13-year-old Spielberg movie looking? <laughs> they, just, they just go through IMDb. And look for anything with a score higher than a seven. Goes all right. How can we create a spinoff or redo this or turn this into content? Yeah. Anyway, de- it was. Just, yeah. Um. The movie was good. You should watch it. it yeah. You should watch it. A- a- end of sentence. It's rated PG thirteen though for a reason. So my nieces and nephew who are listening to this, you're gonna need to wait a little bit. Ask your mom. So did we describe sensuality to your yep extended family? Listen, okay. Here's the thing though. Cool. My brother-in-law 
has listened to a couple episodes. If he knows what we're about, he knows what we're about. If he's still letting his kids listen to this, you know, that's not on me. I'm just going to be the cool uncle who talks to his nieces and nephew about sensuality. <laughs> um, do you want to move on to our improv segment? Let's do the improv segment. This week, we're bringing back something we did three weeks ago because it was fun. Okay. It's called <laughs> the switch glitch. And it's when we switch characters in a scene every 30 seconds. And by switch, I mean, I take Craig's character and he takes my character and we just go back and forth and we do it indefinitely until one of us definitely <laughs> wants it to end. Um, I have, I, I could have spent any time thinking about a scene that we could be doing and I chose not. Um, okay. Here's what we'll okay. do. Okay. No, I want to hear your pitch first. A guy is on a first date and he genuinely believes he was sent from medieval times. Oh, that's way more interesting than what I was going to say. One more time. Uh, just, um, a guy is on a first date who genuinely believes he's from medieval times. <sighs> okay. We can do this. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to start off with that guy. Just so you know, I'm yes, not taking I that over it. off I the bat. <laughs> Hear ye, hear ye. I have now entered upon the Garden of Olive, and I wish to meet with my betrothed. Um, what? Ah, yes. Olivia, I have been, uh, it has been quite a journey for me to make my way to our divine meal eatery. Uh, are you my date? Well, yes, my lady. Here's the thing. Before we start off, my betrothed, I shall have you sign this piece of paper saying if this date goes well, you will be with me forever and return to my kingdom with me. Your father has approved it, but of course. But we have to get this out of the way before I romance you. Um, this is an incredibly strong start to a date. We should probably rewind a little bit. Ah, yes. Apologize. Uh, for I have not even introduced myself. My name is Tyler of the Seven Lands, and I have been sent here by our mutual fathers so that we may join our kingdoms together. Um, well, I'm from Calabasas, and this doesn't quite seem right. So, red flag? Red flag! So you're familiar with my seal. Here's the thing, my lady. When our families join together, it will no longer be a red flag. We can design our own family seal together. Normally, it would come from my family, my lineage, if you will. But our fathers have discussed, and there will be a meeting in the middle. Now, I just want to say, um, my dad and I are no contact. He does not have the right to like set me up on this date or anything. Ah, but you see, it is the will of the father that joins us together in matrimony. Now, let us sit and make sure that we are well accustomed with each other so that we may make this smooth transition into a life of futureness together. Tell me, what are some things about yourself that I might find enjoyable? Um, I'm a veterinarian. Ah, a veterinarian. What is that? I look at sick animals and... Usually what ends up happening is I put them down because I'm not very good at it. So I kind of just cut, you know, just kind of nip it in the bud so it doesn't get worse. I see some sort of witchcraft. Well, okay. Would you be willing to look at well, my steed? Um, you have a horse? Yeah, my mount is out there in the lot of the metal beasts. But a real horse. It is a you have a real horse? It is a tried and true Mustang made from the year 96 of the 19th century. Oh, dude, I was terrified. I'm like, you're just going to leave it out there by itself? Don't worry, my darling. I would never make such a foolish mistake, but must you must believe me. It has all the okay. power required to sweep you off your feet. Okay, so here's what I've learned so far is that um, you are in very close contact with my father that I haven't spoken to in 10 years. You don't know what a veterinarian is, but you have a 96 Mustang in the parking lot? Are you like... I, I cannot get a read on you, my guy. But a read shall not be had because our destiny is intertwined with each other. We are meant to be together for the rest of our lives. Um, Let's just see if we can get through the next 30 minutes. Um, I don't think there's a reason we need to commit right now. 
Ah, yes, half of an hour, the true time that we must spend, and uh, the true indication of love. Hey, um, can I, uh, actually, you know what? We don't even have to wait the 30 minutes. I think I'm set. I'm good. I'm going to call the cops on my dad. He's not allowed to talk to me anymore. Um, I'm going to get the check and maybe just load a firearm I have in my car. But, 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 but before you go, my darling, I have made reservations and that wench hasn't returned with my water. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be returning with something else. Coxgun. <laughs> I definitely peaked. I love. I'm cool with it, bro. I love how your version of someone from medieval times definitely fluctuated between like young and very vel- very elderly man. Listen, man, <laughs> it's so hard to think of a young guy in an old time. My brain goes, he's either young now or he's just very, very old. <laughs> like he's a time traveler from then. Or he's just like been alive since then so my brain had to do math and i spent half the time like looking at the clock being like what character should i prepare for what character should i prepare for because <laughs> i had dialogue I in my think- head but i didn't know you're gonna finish talking so i'm like whoa whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> i had a girl voice like right there um but you know it's always fun when we do switch glitch bro i think we maybe need to up the time a little bit next time we do it because then so we're just we alternating every other line <laughs> <laughs> we were having conversations with ourselves. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, Alex, let's move on to our middle segment. This is also one we did recently, and it, in fact, might have been the same episode. We might be rehashing old ground. Um, this is a segment. I think I called it grading scale. Yep, same app. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the... The grading scale. (laughs) So when we did this segment, I had a bunch of stuff written down and we only went through half of them. So we're going to go through the other half as soon as I find the list. Okay. The way this works is I'm going to give you a category and I'm going to give you things within that category and you need to give them a letter grade on how well you think it fits into that category. Now, like I said, this is the half we didn't do, so it's going to get a little wet and weird and wild. (laughs) Okay. All right. The first one is aerial travel, traveling through the air. How would you rank a plane? Uh, 10 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. So is that that your S rank? uh, Yeah. We're going to give that... Here's the thing. I take that back. It's going to be A tier. Um, Because I'm going to include jets, fighter jets... Uh, regular, um, like Boeing's biplanes, the whole nine. They do it better than most birds, but like not as good as like Superman. You know? Okay. Yeah. So what about a big slingshot? Uh, now you're not going very far, but it's probably fun. But here's the thing: I'm gonna go. It's got to be low because obviously you haven't alluded to a wingsuit paraglider or a parachute parachute yeah i'm gonna go d tier because it is effective okay but as a human uh not very practical not very practical okay what about helicopters uh b tier and here's why i've looked into this extensively because i want to get one i want to learn how to pilot one helicopters are good for beginners because when you don't know what to do you can just hover (laughs) yeah you can just not (laughs) go anywhere right however when they stop working planes can glide helicopters just fall out of the sky (laughs) um and that's a problem also the range is shorter than your car is on the road cars can go like 400 miles now even teslas are doing like a little over 300 helicopters could do like 200 to yeah so like it is for local travel yeah or like combat you know so judging by the fact that like it takes a lot of work to stay up in the air. Um, there, helicopters are also like they need you to be super specific about how much you weigh because they like counterbalance it. And if you lie, you'll just die. Planes, <laughs> details, details, bro. When you weigh stuff, it's just so they know how much to charge you. But like you'll be fine. So I'm gonna go. This is a hot take. I'm going to helicopters C tier, just a step above a slingshot. <laughs> Okay, uh, th- then I'm so excited to hear where you put this last one. This last one is a cannon. 
Uh, I feel like can't. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go F tier, and you're thinking like, okay, why would it be F tier? It's it's got to be more effective than a slingshot. Here's the thing: you might not live for any of it, and <laughs> With- the. I'm not exactly sure the logistics of getting shot out of cannon. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't have any friends that are like daredevils and or clowns who do this kind of thing. But I assume that if you do it incorrectly, you'll leave in bits and pieces. You just so explode. You just get blown to bits and shotgunned out the end. So I'm gonna go F tier for safety reasons. All right. Next category. Flower said if you found out they were poisonous, you wouldn't be that surprised. Okay. So you're grading them based S on would be like, poisonous. I I thought they were poisonous and they weren't. Correct. Okay. Uh, the first one is tulips. Uh, tulips sound like they'd be the thing that's poisonous to pets. Okay. It's one of those things that are like, hey, don't let your dog eat tulips. They're lethal. Because um, yeah. it doesn't, I mean, we're around them so much, you think it'd be no big deal. But it's definitely one of those things to be like, hey, don't let your cat, be your, don't let your cat lick them. He'll be high for weeks. So <laughs> I'm going to go uh, B tier for okay pet uh, potency. Uh, what about roses? Dude, here's the thing. Before rose water was a thing, I thought they were poisonous. <laughs> and then I realized people were just eating them, like, putting them in teas, having like, there's this decoration you put on food. So I'm going to go A tier because I was blown away when I found out they weren't. Uh, what about lavender? Uh, I think lavender, here's the thing. All the things that smell super good remind me of like perfume. And I know for a fact you're not supposed to eat perfume. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so this, but here's the thing. There's also like lavender cookies. People put lavender in like their lattes. I've heard of lavender lattes. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to put it with the tulips at B tier. Because lavender is definitely. Actually, fr- C tier. It's going C tier. I know. Because uh, lavender is my favorite flower smell, but my least favorite flower look. Like, every time I look at a lavender, I'm like, you should look better based on how you smell. They're very small. Um, I'm going C2, though, because yeah. people actively eat them. Sure. And then uh, I just wanted to double check. And, like, tulips? Are we sure about tulips? Yeah. I'm going to put tulips at B. Okay. B2. All right. That was it. I just wanted to double check sure. on tulips. Uh, final category. Uh, Lego minifigures. That you would like to have. Okay. This is going to be polarizing for our audience. Okay. The first one, Colonel Sanders. Um, I'm going to assume these are all regular Lego size because my brain went to like yes. Lego land life size <laughs> and that would be very cool. No, um, just regular that like half inch minifigure size. I'm going to go D tier. They don't put out. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, well, they don't put out like Happy Meals. They don't have, like, a play place. They're not appealing to kids at all, so why start now? It doesn't seem very desirable. Okay. Um, the next one is uh, Werner Herzog. What? I don't know what the, who that Wer- is. Oh, okay. He's a German director. He directed a very famous adaptation of Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> F tier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the third one is the original Power Ranger, but out of costume. Uh, Here's the thing. The original Power Ranger being Red Power Ranger? Correct. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, the original Red Ranger. I'm going to go... I want it as a set, though. So just the original, I'm going to go C tier. Don't really care. It feels like it's a toy <laughs> okay. you find in a playroom, and you wonder where the rest of them are. Okay, I'm surprised that's not lower, because out of costume, he's just a dude. Yes, but here's the thing. Out of costume, the people who know, know. Okay, and then the final minifigure I'm going to have you grade. Uh, me? Just A-tier, have like a little... For sure. A tier? Hell because yeah. Because the thing, if you could okay. get like custom stuff of your friends, that would be sick. Yeah. So... Which I'm pretty sure you can do. That would be... But it's probably expensive. It's probably expensive. It'd be, it'd be super cool. And then you could just... We could get like order like six of them or whatever and give them to all of our friends and we could all have a complete friend set. That would be very cool. That's so good. So that I'm going to so go A tier. That's pretty dope. That is also, hey... Top tier gift idea. If you're looking for a gift, like that's that's a good one when Christmas comes around. Yeah, dude, I stand by that. That's a that's a tier. All right, that was the grading scale. 
We're going to move on to our one hit wonder. This is a segment we only do once and it never comes back. Um, this one is called The Roadshow. And I have a list from grunge.com that is the most bizarre items ever brought onto the Antiques Roadshow lot. If you're unfamiliar with Antiques Roadshow, it is a show on PBS that is just on all the time. And people bring their various antiques or just items sometimes it's just stuff and they get it appraised before putting it to auction um and it's kind of like um a boomer pawn stars and so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna read some items for you and i want you to guess how much it was appraised for okay so we're gonna start with a criminal monopoly board what does that mean what a great question according to bbc one this Monopoly board was used as literal evidence in the Great Train Robbery of 1963, which was apparently a big train robbery that stole 2.5 million pounds in England. So, this is effectively this highly evidence. specialized. <laughs> yes. So, 60-year-old board game evidence, how much do you think that was appraised for? I mean... And this is in pounds, in, in case that affects your decision at all. I'm gonna go... 10 pounds. 10,000 pounds. 10,000 pounds? Okay, you were closer with 10, because it was evaluated between 100 and 200 pounds. Oh, jeez. I knew... <laughs> Here's the thing. When we started, I'm like... We're going to need to break the ice with some guess, and that'll put into perspective everything else. Uh, and now we know. The next item is a decades-old slice of cake from a royal wedding. Uh, this is from the original cake of Queen Elizabeth II's 1947 wedding, and this was oh. appraised in 2015. Okay. Queen is still alive. Yeah. Her original wedding. Uh-huh. 500 bucks. Kind of close. It was 1000 how do you authenticate that? Um, the guest who brought the slice explained that her granddad had been part of the guard of honor during the wedding. Um, I don't know. I guess you got to, as reported by the Daily Express, while still in its original packaging, uh, I guess is how yeah, you would I see, do gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right. Next one. Here's the title of this one. Mystery liquid turns out to be urine. In 2016, a glass bottle filled with mysterious liquid that had been buried under a house in Cornwall was brought onto the Antiques Roadshow lot. One dollar. Well, it's anything more than one dollar, I'm going to be upset. Well, Alex, unfortunately, I don't see a price on this uh, on this article here. So I think we're just going to start it at a dollar. Okay. Um, I just wanted to bring it up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> fake teeth from the 19th century 1800s uh 1500 bucks 1500 pounds again again close it was between 2000 and 2500 here's the thing it's just like what would they uh, made out of porcelain i don't know <laughs> um let's see if it's set yeah the false set was made of porcelain teeth and a gold plate bro i know my teeth that's weird <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, all right. What else you got? This is hard, bro. It really is. A teddy bear made to commemorate the victims of the sinking of the Titanic. Commemorative stuff can't be that expensive because it's not original. It's like, it can be made whenever. Um, people love the Titanic, though. Three grand? Three, yeah, three grand. $200,000. Okay, read again what this thing is. A commemorative teddy bear to honor the victims of the sinking of the Titanic. It That's was, what I thought you said. A teddy bear. Correct. Um, 655 mourning bears were made between the years of 1912 and 1919. That's still absurd. I don't care. I thought it was like, oh, wow, these are really old. They're original. It's still a teddy bear. That's insane, bro. <laughs> Like, uh, unless your grandma was on the Titanic, think about it. That's crazy. Dude, that's a house. That is a house. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, that's the end of our road show. I think it's fun to look at all this little weird stuff. Do you think, like, obviously Pawn Stars and American Pickers and all that stuff, like, that's all scripted, right? You know, it's very formulaic. Um well, when they pull I up think, to a house and the guy's already mic'd when they knock on the door, 
It's, yeah. At like, the very least, it's a reenactment of what actually happened. Yes. So let's assume that we're approaching this with a level of reality. Do you think that you could be able to sell something on a show like that effectively? No. Uh, I Here's the thing. I can sell very specific things that I know a lot about. Like, I would trust you to sell video games. Sure, yeah. Because you're just like, you've played so many. You could play a game and be like, I have a pretty good idea of what this is worth. I don't know enough about watches. I don't know enough about cars. I'm really trying to think of, like, what I can gauge the worth of. But also... The guys on those shows are, like, notorious hard asses. So, like, I'd be like, I want $400. And they'd be like, 75 And I'm like, okay, never mind. I guess you could always say, like, hey, I don't know. But this is the most uncomfortable going. Can you meet me there? And you just got to show up with cash. Maybe. And also people like being on TV. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would like to start freeballing with the Robert Rodriguez, Ben Affleck new movie, Hypnotic. This movie, if you don't know, Robert Rodriguez is the guy that created and directed Spy Kids and Sharkboy and Lava Girl, and he also directed uh, the Sin City adaptation that we watched on Small and Tall last year. So he has a very specific visual style, this kind of like relatively cheap looking but still kind of effective style, right? And it, it plays much better in Sin City because he has a budget, right? Um, hypnotic is effectively Robert Rodriguez's attempt at a memento or an inception. It's okay. very psychological. It's very um, kind of like actiony in a way that those other movies aren't. You know, there are gunfights and shootouts and car chases and stuff like that. And so the plot of this movie is Ben Affleck is a detective and he gets a call that like, Hey, this bank is being robbed. And he goes there. He gets the deposit box before the criminals do. And he opens it up and it's a picture of his missing daughter. He's like, and he, he hasn't seen his daughter in like four years. And this sets loose this whole chain of events of him trying to find his daughter while being accused of a crime he didn't commit. And this kind of becomes another one of those stories that's very conspiratorial. It goes all the way to the top. There's yeah. more to it. And for what it's worth, I really liked the plot twists in this movie. I actually thought the concept was pretty cool. Um, the reason why it's called hypnotic is because there are these people called hypnotics that could that had the power of suggestion, basically. It's all that stuff where, like, you know, you're being chased by cops. The bad guy turns around and he goes, clean this mess up. And the cops like kill each other so they can't get the bad guy. Okay. It's that kind of like hypnotic suggestion. So it's mm -hmm. part heist movie, part psychological thriller. And it's okay. <laughs> like the acting is bad. The writing is blunt. Um, There's just no subtlety to it. The action is super cheesy. Like, I was laughing the entire time just of how absurd and cheesy and kind of just crazy this movie is. Robert Rodriguez has a very crazy style of directing. At no point is he like, let's go for subtlety. And it shows. Um, I think this movie is fun. It's not good, but... <laughs> When it comes out on streaming, if you want to indulge in whatever substance of your choice, that's the best way to enjoy this movie is do it a little buzzed with a friend and just kind of laugh about it. Um, and so with all that in mind, it's kind of it's like a five and a half. Uh, looks like the world agrees with you. It's got a five point six on IMDb and a 53 on Metascore. So, like, yeah, I mean, written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. I mean, I don't know, man. I'll watch it when it's free because it if it is the attempt at the Chris Nolan genre, then I would like it. But just hearing you describe it means I'm just going to be let down. And I don't want this to come off as like I'm bashing Robert Rodriguez. I love these kinds of movies. I really enjoy every now and then kind of having this B movie that's not that doesn't need to be everything. 
that is just a little silly. And I don't, and so like, I'm gonna keep watching Robert Rodriguez movies. He could be like hypnotic too. And I'd be like, I'm there. (laughs) So that's kind of just my stance on that. Craig, I'll watch Sonic 2. Yes. The time has come. (laughs) Um, Dude, I love Knuckles so much. When the game was out, Knuckles was my guy. For sure. Absolutely. It just did a pretty good job. Um, However, I mean, I feel like Drax from um, Guardians, that character. Yeah. No, no, specifically Drax, the character has like proliferated other movies. And that's kind of what Knuckles feels like is the I'm not from this planet, but I'm going to make goofy references. And I'm just here to be, you know, super serious all the time. And it, it when his jokes were never funny. I think Sonic is naturally funny, but that like weird tough guy doesn't get it thing wasn't interesting to me. Also, James Marsden is really annoying. Be careful. Oh, no. He's really annoying. Oh, man. I I love James Marsden. The only thing I've seen with James Marsden that I liked was Hairspray because that. Dude, we got to get you on on some James Marsden movies. Dude, now this is the second James Marsden movie I've watched in two months. And the other one was Hop. Yeah. It's bad. Hold on. Enchanted? Oh, no, that's on brand too. That was pretty good. He has to yeah. play a like happy g- I can't be sold on him as a regular guy. Okay. So like I think he'd be a good character actor. That's why Hairspray works so well. That's why Enchanted works so well. He needs to be like larger than life. A pe- like he needs to go hard in the smiley, happy luck go lucky character. Also, Shamar Moore's in this movie and he's an agent. Yeah. To get Sonic. Uh-huh. And the dude's just there as eye candy. Yeah. I was on board for that because I like Shamar more. There's a lot of time in like a B story of like, I actually loved you. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Cut that it is out. my least favorite part of the movie. It's it's definitely the most like, oh, we need like 10 more minutes. <laughs> it's bad. Though <laughs> so everything that takes place in the 10 minutes after the wedding gets ruined can get cut. It's all yeah. trash. The girl drama, the wedding, the the agents getting taken out, Sonic getting captured, all that is just trash. Cut it out. Jim Carrey is a legend. Yeah. He does amazing in this movie. He's the best. I can't see anybody else playing Eggman. It just okay. works so well. I love yeah. all like the homages to the game. Like the giant robot looks very similar to how Eggman looks in their game. I'm just like on board for it. This movie is just like a good family movie. Sonic 1, way better. Um, Interesting. I like them about the same. I think this movie is consistently funnier. I like, I think I like the jokes in this movie more. The first movie was definitely trying to find its footing. And I think this movie just found it. Um, I will say, hey, uh, spoiler, um, when... He went supersonic at the end. I freaked out. I like that might be like personally, this is going to sound stupid when I say 100% it, gonna but like stupid. top 10 moments in a movie theater for me was watching Sonic go supersonic. I like lost it. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. Um, Do you watch the post credit scene? No. Oh my God. Come on. Craig, I was... Shadow. Shadow. All right. All right. I'll go back and watch it. Shadow's my second favorite. Yeah. I was going to YouTube it. Um, it's in... This yeah. movie for me is in the fives. I'm okay. going to say five and a half, five... Uh, you know what? Five, seven, five. Okay. That, uh, that's too high. Five and a half. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a family watch. It is... Or a nerd watch. This is not that movie for the casual. In, that that movie was in danger of being in my top five list of 2022 until like November. <laughs> That's terrifying. Um, I did. There was no part of the movie I wanted to tap out. Like I just couldn't watch it anymore. But I'm just like I'd rather be watching something else. I watched Signs, the M Night Shyamalan movie about oh, aliens. Oh, yep. So I think. That, from what I understand, a lot of people consider this his okayest movie because it doesn't have a plot twist. And I think that's a weird expectation to put on a guy. Like, 
I understand that he kind of wrote himself into that corner himself, but just because, like, he's known as the plot twist guy, I think it's okay for him to make a good movie that doesn't necessarily have a plot twist. Um, yeah, it would have felt out of place in that movie. And so, I mean, guess the, that's plot the plot of plot Signs <laughs> is uh, Mel Gibson is a widower. He has two kids and his late wife's brother comes and stays with them. They live in a small town and Hey, long story short, aliens invade. Yep. And it's the movie is about them learning that aliens are real, learning that aliens are there and how to survive. What we don't know is coming. Um, this movie is good. It's, it's very good. I liked it. Um, it's scary in that kind of like they do a good job of not showing the alien until the very end, which sucks because the aliens don't look good and they kind of blow it. Yep. Um, and so just the tension is so great throughout most of this movie. Um, Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix are just fantastic, like class acts in terms of performing. Um, I was also impressed the kids- with Joaquin Phoenix as like. Yeah, right? Um, And the kids are good in this movie, too. Like, overall, this is just a very well-written and well-acted movie. Um, As is the case with most movies about small towns, like, it's a little boring, um, especially during, during, like, the invasion part, because their plan for the invasion is to board themselves inside their homes. And as a consequence of that, we are now stuck in their home for 40 minutes. And that kind of got a little slow after a while. There are just some really cool lines in this movie. Um, It's not too scary to the point where, like, if you're a coward like me, you shouldn't watch the movie. There are just definitely some parts where you're going to look away for a second. And overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, It didn't change my life, but it's a cool movie. Seven and a quarter. Yeah. That tracks. I watched Rango with this Johnny Depp. This movie's been on my list for a hot minute. It is um, it's a Western about a chameleon voiced by Johnny Depp. Uh, Isla Fisher plays a lizard called Beans. It's uh, There's a bunch of movies like it. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Stranger comes in from out of town. Um, everyone's like, who are you? He chooses this moment to reinvent himself as someone larger than life. Through a series of total coincidences, he reaffirms that he is, in fact, larger than life, although completely by accident. Um, and then everyone just believes him and doesn't know he's a fraud. And then that gets revealed to be later that he is a fraud until he comes back and saves the day. It all takes place in a Western. Every character is an animal. Um, and it centers around, like, water. Water is money. Um, that's how you buy things. It's in stored in the bank. Obviously, you need to live, and they're all desert animals. So they can last a long time, but they still need it. It's interesting. And it's got a few funny parts. It also won an Oscar for Best Animated Picture. for, And that's pretty impressive for not being a Disney or Pixar movie. It is a little... Dry isn't the word, uh, but there are quite. This is the this is the problem with westerns that a lot of people have. When there's not a shootout, it's a lot of talking and walking around, and there's no brilliant set pieces because it's a west. It's the desert is the set piece, so it is very easy. I remember when I watched this. This is the second time I've watched it. The first time I was I was too bored to finish it. This time I finished it. It's okay. I liked it. Um, it's a hard recommendation when Disney Plus has everything you could possibly possibly need um the colors are browns dark greens grays that kind of thing so i don't know i'm not really selling it it is a a family movie but i don't know it's one of those from what i've seen of it it's like one of those like pg plus movies where like it's a family movie but like they say the word damn a few times Um, yeah and you're going to hell yeah and like the bits i've seen some behind the scenes footage of this movie and it looks really cool like i think this was one of the first movies that like a lot of people saw or at least maybe i'm just over generalizing but like where my generation saw behind the scenes footage of what it was like to mocap a movie and seeing actors do their lines for an animated movie while physically performing it. 
And so because of that, I've always had like a general interest in this movie. I've just never pulled the trigger to watch it. It makes sense why you would watch it. It makes sense why I would watch it because this is kind of our job. I don't recommend this for adults because they may or may not. They're not going to find it interesting enough. There's too much other good stuff. And adults don't watch animation very often anyway for this to be their exception based on our recommendation. If you have the time to watch movies and you're flying through movies and you don't want to watch something on disney plus and you want to watch something with your family then 100 watch this it's not bad it's good kids will find it interesting enough and there's enough stuff in there for adults um but it is slow it's not action-packed you got to pace yourself on this one so don't get your hopes up i'm giving it a <laughs> six okay next week in our spielberg spring finale we're going out with this action-packed super famous Ultra Octane, Steven Spielberg. The Post with Meryl Streep. Do you enjoy newspaper publishers? Do you enjoy the intricate conspiracies of print media? Are you super interested in the conspiracies between the press and government and the cover-up spanning presidents? Well... Have you just... (laughs) Do you just want to watch a mid-range Tom Hanks movie? The Post is what we have stored for you next week. Here's the thing. I will say... I'm trying to encourage our audience to see it because most of them aren't. It's got 7.2 on IMDb. The cast is Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, Sarah Paulson, Bob Odenkirk, Whitley, uh, Bradley Whitford, uh, Matthew Rice, Allison Brie, uh, David Cross, Zach Woods, uh, Rick Holmes, and more. I'm not excited to return to Freebie. However, I understand that is a sacrifice that I must make. It got nominated for Best Motion Picture of the Year. Meryl Streep got nominated because she's the GOAT. I hope this movie is good, (laughs) God. We're on a streak right now with Spielberg movies. I hope this movie doesn't ruin it. If this, if I don't like this, hey, here's a good way to find out if I like this movie or not. If you see me log this movie on Letterboxd and then immediately watch Ready Player One after it, it's because I'm trying to get a palate cleanser. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about this next week, but there is a reason we picked this movie and not other movies. Well, we'll I, I think we should give him a little peek behind the curtain next week. But that's all I got for us, Craig. Okay. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi, sensually. See you next week. Oh. Jesus. Mm. I'm going to stop the recording now. <laughs>